So our reading today is from Luke chapter 19, uh, verses 29 to 40. As he approached Bethphage and Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a colt tied there, with n which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say, the Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it just as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, why are you untying the colt? They replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. As he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. When he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, he replied, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. Welcome to our Palm Sunday service. Welcome to our all-age service. We thought this year we would use the building of the Easter Garden as the way to take us through the service. I want you to imagine that Dawn and I have been at the Palm Sunday parade and that we're talking about it afterwards. But what it will do is take us through the story of Palm Sunday, through the story of the gospel, into the beginning of Holy Week. And all that cheering and shouting, it's bound to cause backlash. Do you think so? I thought it was wonderful. So much energy, so much joy. Didn't you see the way the crowds were cheering and dancing? Didn't you see the palms, the cloaks? Didn't you see them celebrate the coming king? That's not what I saw. I saw a crowd of people carried away with emotion, not really thinking about what they were doing. I saw people who were silly, simply caught up in the moment, carried along by mob mentality. I saw some who thought this might be a good time to make trouble, push a cause, and without thinking about the danger and the repercussions. I thought the donkey was a nice touch. You think so? Kept it in the tradition. I thought it was needlessly provocative. And at the height of the feast too, when the city's on edge as it is, did you see the faces of the soldiers? Well, I heard them trying to make people be quiet, but I also heard him say that if the crowds were quiet, the stones would shout out. I'm not convinced the soldiers are going to win that one. But that's just my point. It's all so unrealistic. Stones crying out. Who ever heard of stones making a theological statement? I mean, it's not just today that's unrealistic and ridiculous. The whole thing is just asking for trouble. How? The whole travelling around the country, preaching and healing, eating with those questionable folk, telling provocative stories. He has been asking for trouble. I suppose, sort of. I mean, I don't think he was doing it in order to provoke. Like when he healed the man in the synagogue, it's not as if he went out of his way to do it there and then just to upset people. 
It's just that there and then was where it was needed. I wonder, but he could have told him to go away and come back at a more suitable time and place. Maybe, but maybe, despite the objections, there isn't a more suitable time and place for that kind of thing. I'm not so sure. It wouldn't have been very hard to find another time to do it. I mean, and then there's the eating with those outsiders. It seems unnecessary. Really? If you listen to him, he was kind of saying that it was exactly that it was necessary to do what he's doing, to be who he's being, means exactly this breaking of the rules, this opening up of the restrictions. Well, I'm not convinced. It looks to me as if either he's stupid or he's a troublemaker. He'd have done better to leave well alone and at least not come to Jerusalem. Oh, I don't think he's stupid. It's more like, more like he's walking a different path. Maybe if we all walked on his path, it might go better. I wonder why you're so apprehensive about it all. Okay, so today was a bit over the top, but why not? He's done nothing but good for us. And if he shakes some of the folk who have a high opinion of themselves, where's the harm? Where's the harm? They're the ones in charge. They're the ones that could really cause trouble. He's, haven't you heard the rumors? They want rid of him. And they can do it. I think so. I'm not so sure. I don't think he'll be that easy to get rid of. Really? Have you seen what the empire does to people like us who step out of line? Remember John the baptizer? Herod got rid of him pretty effectively. I guess that's true. But all the same, I think this one might surprise them. He's got that conviction that the life that he lives and serves is bigger than their threats and violence. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, remember when he did that long sermon? Yes. I thought it would never end. And he was talking about trust and knowing that just because we're without power doesn't mean that we're worthless. I'm not sure that I do. Yes, you do. He told us to look at the flowers of the field. I remember it being all airy-fairy. I mean, flowers. Very beautiful, no doubt, but here today, gone tomorrow. Exactly. That was his point. If they are so beautiful and yet over in a flash... How much more significance is there in our lives? How much more is there in our presence and our being? That's all very well. But I tell you, they've got it in for him. And that crowd today, they won't stand up for him when, the, when it comes to it. He's under threat and there won't be any help. That's a bit of a turnaround. What happened to all the energy and joy that you were celebrating earlier? Oh, it's real. It's just not enough. And there's a threat, all right. So what are we going to do about it? I don't think there's anything we can do. I think he's made up his mind. How do you mean? Well, he's talked often enough about having to die. No, I try not to listen. It's downright gloomy. Yeah, but I think he knows what he's doing. He's chosen the hill he's going to die on by refusing to fight back, to hate, to condemn, to fear. And all we can do is go with him. Is that what you're going to do? I thought you'd had enough. So did I.
But well, sometimes you have to do the daft thing because it's right. Do you think it'll end there? What do you mean? Do you think if they kill him, that that'll be it? We'll just go back to the way it was, forget it all. I'm not sure. So what, we'll go on remembering, trying to imitate, and live as if all that stuff he said about love and hope and forgiving is true after all. Well, there's that. But maybe, just maybe, there's something we haven't thought about. After all, he's never done what we expect so far. Today's parade proved that. That would be nice. But what kind of surprise can you spring once you've been shut in a tomb? God of life and beauty of glory and promise, we thank you for the beauty of the flowers. We thank you for the beauty that we see around us. As spring begins very tentatively to emerge, we thank you for the beauty in one another. We thank you for all that is hopeful and life-giving and joyful. And we pray, we pray for a world where too often beauty and life and joy are crushed out. We pray for those who feel utterly powerless, who feel that their lives do not matter, who feel vulnerable and lost. We pray for children afraid of being shot and for children determined to resist. We pray for folk caught up in a system which is supposed to support them and seems all too often to humiliate them. We pray for those who work in our health services and work hard to care and find too often that resources are not there. We pray for those involved in education, working to bring out the best in those whom they teach and struggling sometimes in situations which seem to deny possibility. We pray for all who work to change the situation of those living on the streets or on other people's sofas, living without proper security and proper home. We pray for change and justice. We pray for any caught up in violence today, for those who feel that violence is the only possible way to change the world and for those who are determined to find another way. We pray for ourselves. We pray that where we see beauty, we will nurture it. And where we see life, we will encourage it. And where we see joy, we will embrace it. And where we encounter fear and hatred and rejection, we will stand against it with your courage, your peace, your kingdom. For we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.